Gobble gobble. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I, I know what our audience is. Yeah, I know our audience is expecting. When they gobble, should be like, gobble. oh, happy, happy Thanksgiving, whatever. No, it's happy Hanukkah. Tonight's the first happy night of Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yes, it happy is. Hanukkah. First Baby. night of Hanukkah. Shout out Jews. Gobble, Thanksgiving's gobble, over. We don't care up. about family anymore. We care about oil. Just pretend I'm wearing my Hanukkah sweater that I is in a box right now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. Say, this is a. I, guys, look at my video. sweet. Yeah. In in the name of my Hanukkah sweater, did did that just what the fuck just happen? What's, What's going up? on? Okay, Audacity just decided it wanted to be on top of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, nope. closed his <laughs> eyes and he opened them again, and suddenly his Hanukkah sweater was covering his face, choking him. Hey guys, it came to life. Happy Hanukkah. Happy cool. Hanukkah, yeah, boys. Happy Hanukkah. Miracle of Hanukkah. Look at these three little Jews doing a podcast. I don't think that's ever wow. been done. Probably not. Uh, Probably well, never. I'm afraid to inform you. <laughs> We're the first three Jews of podcasting. Oh, God. Are the last podcast on the left, boys, Jewish? Fucking damn it. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I don't think so. <laughs> but I don't know. Right. I love them dearly. I should, we should anyway. tweet at them from Tough Cut Pod and ask if they're circumcised. <laughs> I mean, if they're Jewish. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. That, that, we should do that, actually. Um, so... <laughs> Consider this an official endorsement to Late Night Thirst Tweet, the last podcast on the left. No, please. We cannot ask our audience to just start doxing random uh, people on the Internet. Oh, they famous people. On the, they, we're not I'm, streamers. We're not telling our people to go raid another stream. Like this isn't this is not what we do here at the Tough Cut. I'm going to skirt right I mean, past Alex's statement because Matt, he we clearly can't even doesn't. get our Twitter followers to tweet at us. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think? What makes you think we can get Look, this anyone is before to tweet we're starting at our else. Twitch platform. Once we get the Twitch sponsorship, <laughs> we will pog in the chat. Like, come we'll on. We'll be playing Godzilla and Three Monsters. Um, uh, is that what it's called? And yeah, Godzilla versus three yeah. giant monsters. I'll play Sonic Adventure Battle Two because it's a fun game. Right. I'll play the over the Garden. Hedge. Ooh, we'll be speed running over the hedge. We'll yeah. be playing Sonic 06 right. while dressed up as characters from Sonic. If people tweeted us about <laughs> Are Sonic you a furry? script, no, dude. I just you know you buy a costume and you really want to get some mileage. What if like anyway? Is there a term wait, for okay, people? Wait. Did we who, decide? Like, did we decide who was who if we bought Sonic costumes? Because uh, here's I I have it in my head who each of us is, but okay. I'm, I want to know what you guys think. No, tantalize the audience. Like I okay. I want Matt sell it made to the them. commitment. Matt made the commitment first, so Matt is Sonic. Yeah, hundred percent. And Jake, between you and me, I think I'm Knuckles. Yeah, I was gonna say I've seen was, those Knuckles. I, I think Jake is Jake Scott. You look the, the most the like Idris Elba out of all of us. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, no statement has ever made me hornier. <laughs> and that's what Tails is all about, baby. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> you might be a little confused if it's your first time here, but hello and welcome back. Wow, we haven't even introduced ourselves <laughs> yet. Wow, uh, this, one the, got, this one going to be spicy. This one going to be spicy. We're the Tough Cut Podcast. I'm Sonic. I'm Knuckles. <laughs> and I'm Horny Tails. <laughs> um, and this is episode 43, part two of our hungry movie bracket, food movie bracket, cooking bracket. I don't know. It's kind of all three. Kind of none of them. Uh, <laughs> I just had an existential crisis because my mom told me two days ago she listened to the podcast and I just introduced myself as Horny Tails. <laughs> We can fix it in nice. post. He can cut it that it just goes. And I'm horny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, God. What, who are we? What do we do? Yeah, what the, what the heck's the show about? So we make movie brackets and we compare movies. Uh, and this one's about food movies, hungry movies, cooking movies. Hungry. A little bit of with hungry. Yeah. Um, and today we're talking about. Waitress, Good Burger, 
two other movies, which are The Platform <laughs> and Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Nice. Yeah. Big, big spoiler warnings for those guys. We're going to be spoiling those movies and we're not going to be spoiling any food for leftovers. Yeah, I, I had like weeks to po- polish that joke. I had literal <laughs> weeks to workshop that joke and I could not do it. So, uh, whoo, writers hire me in a writer's room. Any of them. PBS kids, I'm, I'm looking at you. Nice. Cyber chase. <laughs> Is that still on the air? I don't know. We'll we'll write the gritty CW reboot of it. Hell yeah! (laughs) Fuck cyber chase. And if if you if you are deciding to watch along with us, um, yeah, we we want to throw one little one out. so a content warning. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, we're going to throw a content warning. We always encourage you guys to watch along with us. But just in case, if you're watching the platform, um, there are intense social situations that get violent, that get really, really gruesome. Um, you know, it, it's a social movie, social like horror-esque sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of scenarios where there are intense uh, depictions. There's... Um, self-harm there a bunch of stuff like that so if any of that affects affects you at all um just keep an eye out for it but we appreciate you guys listening along the way there's also lots of gore so if that's something that doesn't make you hungry uh be on the lookout (laughs) i'm so sorry alex i could have picked a much worse movie okay (laughs) and i I appreciate you not doing that Gosh, what a what a terrific time that second matchup will be. But first, um, <laughs> Alex, you want to go ahead and introduce Waitress? I sure can. I picked the movie Waitress, released in 2007, directed by Adrian Shelley. Uh, it follows a woman named Jenna who is in a loveless marriage uh, to a man who simultaneously adores her and is also incredibly emotionally uh, and physically abusive. Um, she hates him and decides she's going to run away when she finds out she's pregnant. Her only escape is making pies. So she decides she's going to try and uh, do pie at a big county fair and win a lot of money and run away. Uh, And she falls in love with her uh, pregnancy doctor, who's played by Nathan Fillion, is very handsome. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the movie. I had never seen it before. I picked, I could not think of a single goddamn food movie besides Ratatouille and Jake already picked that one. So I had to uh, pick two other movies and I picked this one and it was pretty good. That, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Matt, what'd you think about this one? Um, I'm going to basically just double down echo Alex's statement. It was pretty good. You know, (laughs) Um, I watched it and you know, it was, yeah, it was a pretty good watch. Um, yeah, yeah, I I do think, um, there is a piece of my experience. I am presumably very much not kind of the, the target demographic for a story like this. So I understand that other people may resonate with this really, really closely. Um, that's a big pie hater. Yeah, no, that's that is actually not. true. I don't I don't love pie. No, no, that, that's real. I, I thought you were actually <laughs> just giving a fun fact. That's yeah, just, that, that's I, real. Um, pie is not my chosen, um, chosen food if you you gave me particularly like dessert you know like what's like your favorite fruit pies. i know you don't like that much dessert like you don't like sweets that much but if you picked a dessert what would it be pick me pick me pick like me any dessert i pick or it could just be like chocolate or a candy or something pick me pick me pick me pick me like peanut butter Ah, you fucking bitch. Horny tails. (laughs) Of all the like sweets, this is with quotation marks that you could pick. Peanut butter is the least sweet, least dessert of all things. I cannot believe you picked peanut butter. Like a peanut butter pie? Oh no, you hate pie. Scapegoat. I mean, I'd probably eat a peanut butter pie. I love peanut butter with bananas. I love, you know, peanut butter ice cream, peanut butter protein shakes, you know. Peanut butter pea. Peanut butter. You know, you know that myth. If you eat a bunch of peanut butter, you pee peanut butter. Nope, I don't know that. But back to this movie. I heard that if you, I heard that if you eat a bunch of peanut butter, it can condense in your tummy and you'll you'll pee out a peanut. Nice. Um, that's where Mr. Peanut came from. That's how you nut. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was, you know, it was a movie. It was it was pretty good. Um, what about you, Jake? You know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, two thoughts two thoughts i actually was gonna say something similar to matthew where like i think it's very interesting i don't think we've had a movie yet where like 
this movie's probably not for any of us here. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, and it's not even like a bad, like, oh, we hate like rom-coms or whatever. No, we're, like a lot of us are into the whatever. Dude, a rom-com bracket this, maybe coming in the future of this I show. I would love that. <laughs> I genuinely would love that. But um, let's just, eh. and I think it's very interesting uh, because like I can like, if it's a movie, I'm probably going to enjoy it for like some way or another. And I, I did, like I didn't hate Waitress. Um, so it, it feels very interesting because, like, if this was up against the platform, like, you know, <laughs> like, Alex hates those kind of movies and, and or just is not his cup of tea. He could acknowledge that they're good or whatever. And like, same with this, you know, it it's it, I could tell why people in that year liked it. But mm-hmm. I think at this in 2021 for us three that I know very well. <laughs> I don't think this movie was going to capture our hearts in the same way. It's interesting because I recently saw the new Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Oh, how um, was that? You know, it was fine, but it made me think the whole time. I was just like, why did the original, and we talked about it because we had Ghostbusters on the podcast. Why mm-hmm. did, why did this do so? Why did it really take people? And not in a bad way, but in like, a, oh shit, like this kind of movie really resonated with people. And I know a lot of people who really love Waitress, but I think given some time and separation apart, like, why? And know, that's man. how I feel about Waitress. <laughs> why? Um, why? Well, while we let you audience members stew on our feelings about this movie, um, I guess I can go ahead and introduce Good Burger. Good Burger. <laughs> released in <laughs> 1997 released in 1997 directed by brian robbins uh ed and dexter two kooky teens played by a young keenan and kel work at the titular good burger as a new competitor settles in across the street um when all hope is lost ed's special sauce brings the customers back but that's the only <laughs> that's only the beginning of this wild ride um <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a movie <laughs> I don't know so thoroughly steeped in like the late 90s and like our childhood era of Nickelodeon um, that I didn't even realize <laughs> what kind of monster I was going to be unleashing on my brain rewatching it um, <laughs> but I had a really fun time with this one maybe maybe a little bit in spite of myself um, I think <laughs> Keenan and Kel do so fantastic and as they're either I mean themselves their younger selves um it was just a lot of fun how would you what'd you feel about this one jake uh i just want to say kel mitchell carries this movie hardcore <laughs> kel, yeah. kel mitchell carries this i forgot oh, yeah. how much because like when you think of keenan kel whatever like you know keenan's the what he's on this now he's a tenure like he's kept on doing it kel's respective like in his own regard like really really awesome um but kel mitchell really really does a lot of heavy lifting for this movie uh which i think is really great it's really interesting. This movie is a fever dream. Yeah. Like, and, and I thought, I thought of uh, a potential theme that I always wanted to do on this was just like fever dream movies, like movies that didn't <laughs> feel real or whatever. And I just feel like this would have been like a good fit. It may come back. Um, <laughs> that being said, when I reflect on uh, like waitress and this, I feel like this was so steeped in nineties, like you said, and I had a good time rewatching it, but like, if you made someone who was 10 years younger than us watch this movie, they're going to shit on it. They're going to say it's a bad movie. Uh, <laughs> and that's how I feel. But like, I'm defending, like I'm going to defend good burger. Cause I think it's, it's good. But if you have Linda Cardellini and Sinbad in your movie, that's a fever dream. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's a wild time. But how do you feel Alex? So I actually, don't remember watching all that at all. I don't mm. remember the Good Burger sketches. I don't know that I've ever actually seen this movie before. Whoa. This movie broke my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Kel is so hysterical in this movie. He wakes up from the dream in the first scene and he like his alarm clock goes off and he picks it up, looks at the time and says, ah, a clock. <laughs> like, yeah, this movie is so funny. I, my brain is broken. I loved it. It I, was phenomenal. I think what's so great with, um, as Jake kind of called out, particularly Kel here, you really get a sense of just even, um, I don't know exactly how old they were when they were in this, but 
presumably like late teens, early 20s, whatever, because we cast 20 year olds as teenagers all the time. Um, How incredible their comedic timing is um, or how incredible his yeah. comedic timing is. It's they are it, friends. Like yeah, they are definitely it's so friends. good. It's yeah. so much fun. Um, and they, it seems like they, yeah, just had a ton of fun <laughs> making this. There's such a bizarre cast of characters and cast of people playing them. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, a weirdly large amount of like really on the nose, even to this day, political critique comes out of this yeah. movie, <laughs> which is wild. <laughs> Yeah, um, this verse yeah. ratatouille. This verse ratatouille. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, this yeah, it's just a lot of fun. But shall we ch- jump into trying to compare this to uh, uh, Look, Waitress again? Both, not it's Sinbad and Shaq is in it. Shaq yeah. is in this. Shaq, are, is, Shaq is Shaq though, isn't I he? I forgot Shaq is Shaq in this movie. They both play genies, right? Or like allegedly, I guess. Allegedly, claims he never was in a genie movie. That fucking liar. But yeah. like. Kazam and Shazam, whatever the uh, okay the Mandela. Fa- anyway, <laughs> so I want to start. I want to start this off. Yeah, please. Pies versus burgers. What oh. food looks better? Uh, I'll say it. Ed's sauce looks phenomenal, but unfortunately, with the Mondo burgers in this movie, also that looks awful. Yeah. So like, wax it's burgers. a really give or take. They also put raw onions on the good burger, and I'm not a fan. But genuinely, really? his sauce when they were just dipping it in fries, I was like, that sauce looks real good, and I want it. So all about mm. the sauce. Also, Linda Cardellini also makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry. that gonna, dear audience, is the sound of regret. I'm, so sorry. I'm gonna send you <laughs> to, to, to the to the to the, the break. I'm no longer speaking for the next 30 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> Jake is not allowed to comment on this matchup anymore. Send him to the uh, the the podcast jail, free speech jail. I don't think I'm allowed to vote for Good Burger anymore. No, no, no. You don't have to go that far. <laughs> Okay, I I lost an entire bracket on a bit. I'm not I'm not giving up here. Okay. Um, as for for how the food looks in this, um, I think generally I lean burgers. Um, I do think the some of the pies, like as I said just a minute ago, I'm not really a pie person, but some of like the meat pies that the that she she makes and waitress. Um, look like they'd probably be very tasty um, in the like ethereal zone that is like the cutaways where she makes the pies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, though. I, I, I think I generally lean burgers, but I think there were there were a couple highlights with the pies. So here's where I'm at. Good Burger made me hungrier mm-hmm. because uh, I ha- I watched the movie closer to lunchtime. I watched <laughs> um I watched Waitress early in the morning and Good Good Burger was my lunchtime movie. Um, But I think the pie in general, I thought looked better than the burgers. Um, Yeah. I'm a huge fan of a nice flaky crust. And those Mm. pies look like they had good crusts. Mm. (laughs) Good crust pie. About that crust. This making good crust. Flaky. (laughs) Flaky buttery Mm, uh, yeah crumbled so you're saying you wouldn't want to eat shark poison though what uh not really they have shark poison in goodberg you remember how they Uh, just uh, randomly why was it shark poison poison? like why sharks like was it made from sharks was it made to kill sharks i think made to kill sharks which is why it would be so bad if a personated because people smaller than shark most of the time. Well, people smaller yeah, than shark, many I'm bigger sharks. than most sharks. You're bigger than a the lot audience of sharks. Doesn't know how big I am. You know, if well, if, here's the thing. If we, if, <laughs> if, that's also true. But if we, <laughs> Jake if we take not, the average wait, I shark forgot. Size. We replaced Jake with Mondo Jake for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're dripping some of the illegal growth hormone onto him. <laughs> I think the sci-fi dictatorship that is Mondo Burger is just such <laughs> yeah, a funny they, aesthetic. It's so good. It's, it's so funny. Chrome, but like, what's going on there, man? Yeah, it's it's. 
such a time capsule for that amazing like what late 90s thought yeah, the future, future would, would look, look like, like yes so it's like futuristic burger place will have chrome plating everywhere and you know production yeah. lines i mean this movie has a blockbuster video in it like it's, <laughs> it, it's dated it's dated god the dichotomy mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah so something i think is interesting for these two movies is how food fits into like larger narratives because obviously in waitress she is kind of working toward this pie contest but that's more like a means to an end of escaping life with her husband and in good burger you know food is kind of all around them all the time (laughs) in 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 the sense of um you know working in a restaurant is much more directly part of the plot but it is more to the service of the plot rather than some kind of, you know, grander theme, I guess. It's all to escape sure. Sinbad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> much like a much like a, a husband you wish was your ex. <laughs> that, um, that's the vibe Sinbad gives me. If I saw a headshot of Sinbad. <laughs> um, Sinbad. He looks like somebody's ex-husband. <laughs> Is he someone's ex-husband? Well, I don't know. Worth a Google. I'm Googling. We're, we're worth a Bing. Um, Sinbad, he answer? is someone's ex-husband. He's Who been, is it? Wow. His, is it anyone I know personally? I don't think so. Meredith Fuller. They married 1985, divorced 1992, and then got married again in 2002. So I guess he's wow. go ahead, Sinbad. He's so he not, does not have an. He is not I an guess ex-husband not good This one. He is no one's ex-husband. They Ooh. reconciled. Would you? Wouldn't it be funny though if you're in that marriage and you're like, yeah, this is my ex-husband. Like that's how you introduce. He's both my current husband and my ex-husband. <laughs> this is my re-husband, Sinbad. This is my <laughs> husband to Electric Boogaloo. This is my husband, Tokyo Drift. Do you guys think the Mondo Burger growth hormone is what made the Grinch's heart grow bigger? Mm-hmm. I think it's what made the G- Gingy or the what was it, Mon- Mongo? I think his Mongo. name was Mongo. <laughs> Whoa, Mongo! Oh, talking <laughs> Shrek too. We talking Shrek too. Always talking, talking Shrek too. I don't know, man. I don't know. Jake, do you have a topic of conversation before we vote? You know, <laughs> Matt and I, I both did like, one. I Matt feel like both did really one. Really very now quick. you have to do one. I, I mean, feel like I really, really derailed myself. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can no longer add anything of substance <laughs> after that. <laughs> You know, I just really think it's crazy because, like, when you talk about like plot and like food, Good Burger feels like a sketch, even though it's a long boot. Like it does because <laughs> well, yeah. why did it evolve into a conspiracy? Why did like there was a love plot <laughs> random? Like what what happened? That was a sketch, and as like people who've like done sketches or whatever, like it made sense to me. But like Waitress is probably the better plot, right? Waitress, I think, is is a better movie. I just enjoyed watching Good Burger more. Yeah, I think this is going to say a lot about us. I, well, <laughs> I th- I think I, I agree with you guys. I think functionally Waitress is like probably <laughs> better acted and like maybe <laughs> I'm not going to say better no, shot. No, I do think, Kel. I, I'm I, not going <laughs> to say it's better shot because Good Burger is a is <laughs> cinematography. The cinematography is breathtaking. <laughs> there are amazing long shots. There's diverse shot composition. We can talk right. all about it maybe later. They do canted angles like a they million do, times. They do, they, but they there do. are a handful of them. Um, and right. I, I think, think they're, they're used purpose? to Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, think there is kick the camera out of the take and they just said, fuck it. I think there we is, can't there afford is to fix it. there's underlying cinematic masterpiece in Good Burger that we can talk about in due time. Um Are you assuming that's something? a big assumption then? That's huh? a big assumption. Okay. Remember, look. I can't vote for Good Burger, so <laughs> I mean I'm I'm putting my heart on the line and it, it'll ju- it'll be much like um my many secrets mm. of other films that I get cast to the wayside, regardless. Regard, right. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I've gotten so far from what I originally wanted to say with this <laughs> point. I, I think even with to me in the purview of the theme, I don't think Waitress has actually all that much to do with, you know, like doesn't make me that hungry. It, it does have some to do with cooking, which I will give it. I think that that is true. But as I said, in more of a means to the end kind of way, whereas it it feels like a much more central plot element 
in Good Burger. So yeah, the burgers in Good Burger are literal. The pies in Waitress are largely metaphorical. Yeah, which is why you kind of enter into this liminal space where when she's creating new pie recipes and envisioning them and they always have some kind of lifted inspiration from how she is feeling or what's occurred in her life. Um, We don't actually Mm -hmm. get to see many of those pie. You know, we see a handful of them in the actual film be made. It's mostly just, you know, her creating the recipes and refining her um, escape through them. Mm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can vote. <laughs> well, if okay. you guys insist, we can vote. Yeah, I mean, we can. I mean, I think I, I think I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm not. Jake, you start. <laughs> Emotionally ready. Um, I don't want. <laughs> I, I, Jake, I, you're I, the one who. You, Jake, you suggested we vote. You start. <laughs> but okay, I'm really torn here because. <laughs> <laughs> not because of these movies i know exactly what i want to vote for but also i'm a man of my word <laughs> just do it whatever man <laughs> uh my name is, i did say it was horny tales this episode and so because of that i can forget a bit i'm voting for good burger shout out linda carlini <laughs> uh okay matt how about you I, Matt, I am, if you vote for waitress right now, I'm going to drop the <laughs> shit out of you. I, I am also voting for Good Burger. I was I was also going to vote for Good Burger. Oh God, you got me sweating over here. <laughs> that, that the, the great <laughs> that bits are going to be the end of me on this show. <laughs> well, logic and reason are usually the end of me. So <laughs> the two ends of the uh-huh. spectrum. So with that, Good Burger moves on. Yeah. And a neat little three. Uh, Look, man, to those who like vote. Waitress, good for you. Like, I, it's not like I you don't want to shit on it. I like yeah. Waitress. It was a good movie. I just think in terms of the hungry bracket being about food, I feel like Good Burger did that more for me. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. I think All it's right. a similar thing with Big Night. Like mm. the the these. Food is is present in the story, but it, it is not like about food in that same way. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of that going on. Um, yeah. yeah. Either way, either way. Um, the way on, we got a behemoth matchup to yes, talk about. Here. <laughs> moving on to the other side of this bracket, Matt. Why don't you Why don't you start us off, Matt? Thank you. Yeah, that works too. I I got all jumbled in my words. I pitched Jiro Dreams of Sushi. was released in 2011, directed by David Gelb. It is a documentary. So I believe that's the second documentary that we've had on this show. Um, it tells the story of renowned sushi chef Jiro Ono, his sons, his restaurant, the sushi supply chain, and Jiro's literal dreams of sushi. Um, the documentary delves into sushi as an art form and the lengths that some will go in the pursuit of perfection. As for why I picked this, I think that Jiro's passion for the craft of sushi um, and the creation of it is incredibly palpable as you watch this. The film gives just a lot of very beautiful scenes of very intricate sushi prep uh, that both make me hungry and are also a fantastic showcase of um, the skill that goes into creating sushi of that caliber. Yeah, I mean, this has been a this was a documentary i saw years ago and have just kind of always held it fondly alex uh what were, what were your thoughts giving this one a watch yeah um i like sushi uh it, i i didn't like it for a very long time uh and then i tried it once when i was in college and i was like hey sushi good now <laughs> um and so i like sushi but uh i like crappy american sushi my favorite rolls have cream cheese in them um so that seeing hurts. these ones that hurts uh, a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, I get very scared of raw fish oh, but, um, heathen. <laughs> <laughs> hey you know what if i at least i can say neither of these movies made me hungry you know that's um, right spoilers i will say uh, <laughs> this movie was very uh very cool to see the the minutiae of like how to slice fish and all of that, that I couldn't understand in my wildest dreams. Um, it was very cool to see. I thought it was a very, uh, very well done documentary. Um, nice. 
the recurring shots of them plating the sushi was very ah, chef's kiss. Well done. Nice. Jake, how about you? Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this. I, I also saw this a, a little, a little while back and, uh, this is a part where I self congratulate, uh, you know, people in our thing, just cause like shout out again for like another documentary. We, we, try our best to like you know get the stuff out there we got a horror thriller in this we got you know animation you know we got a good burger uh, we got a perfect <laughs> film and good burger and good burger uh no but like genuinely i i think it's really dope um and i think the strength of of, of Giro dreams of sushi for me is that it, it makes food such a such an art but it also like doesn't really at first, like I worried watching it, rewatching it, that it was just going to fully romanticize the life this guy lived. But I do think it doesn't really take a side, um, whether or not it was important for him to sacrifice his whole life, expect his son to do it, whatever. Um, it's very interesting, really. Like, it feels like if I were a documentary filmmaker, I would have asked way like different questions. But I also think that the way they handled it here was probably better. Um, in a way, but we can get into all that like craziness or whatever. I just think it's a very um, interesting movie. Very like again, like this. This made me feel like art. I also love sushi. I love all kinds of sushi. Uh, raw <laughs> fish does not scare me. It made me very like I I, I love sushi. Um, my go to sushi is spicy tuna. Anything with spicy tuna in it, like mm-hmm. just love raw spicy shit. Good hey, stuff. I will stuff. say. I will say I was hungry watching the burgers in Good Burger, but what did I get for lunch? Sushi. Mm, and there is sushi in our next film. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go ahead and introduce the platform, Jake? God, I sure do. Um, I'm fully not ready to try to describe this, but, uh, um, you know, uh, this is the platform 2019 uh, directed by Galder Gastelou Urotia. And he, you know, made this horror thriller. It's that like subset of Netflix where like there's like a bunch of those movies that take place in kind of one room. They can like play it off as different rooms or whatever. And it's a horror thriller and you just have like a nice little social commentary time. Uh, It's in a vertical prison with one cell per level, two people per cell and one food platform and two minutes a day to feed. And, you know, it did. declines one day you could wake up well, it goes by month cycles you can wake up on <laughs> level one you could wake up on level like 200 and oh no people are sometimes assholes or blah 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 capitalism um, capitalism the, the, and there's a whole bunch of shit going on here and uh i just i really enjoy this genre of movie i really 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 do i love even if they aren't perfect i think that like that's why I like them. Like films like Cube or like Circle, if anyone's mm-hmm. ever heard of these, I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. like any of their premises, but like The Invitation, even to a certain degree. It, Coherence, I think, is a great one. Uh, that's a phenomenal one that I want to include on here one day. We like, should do a, a one room movies. Uh, one room movies. Uh, mm. you, you know what Netflix calls these movies? You know what the actual genre they call it is? It's really funny. What? They call it cerebral. they call them cerebral movies um that's really i don't know i just really like it and i think it's a lot of talent for like filmmakers to know do it even though it's you know made to cut corners and be cheap and all that stuff but i just think it takes a lot of skill and i really like thinking about it and i wanted to include a movie that was kind of a different kind of talking about hungry and uh matthew i want to hear you first (laughs) Um, yeah, so this why. is, <laughs> I've seen this movie before. I watched it basically right when it first hit Netflix. As Jake said, I think this is a really interesting movie to get the chance to talk about. I generally enjoy watching it, but I also think it is a movie that does have problems um, yeah, and really interesting ones at that. They're more interested in creating a narrative that serves the purpose of like creating a commentary than they are with like the, some of the plot details or some of the Mm -hmm. other coherence, which is a totally valid approach. Um, I just think it, you know, it's in service of making this something to talk about. Yeah. So 
it, it, it's a movie I, I generally enjoy. I, I do think this fits the bracket. It, it doesn't make me want to eat, but it is about, you know, the concepts of hunger, the 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 concepts of food in a lot of ways. Um, and shout out to um, anyone who watches this, the English dub of it, um, because it's <laughs> so bad, baby. It's so bad. Don't watch the English dub. Jesus. Please I mean, do if you want to have like a change really it to bad. the English dub for like a couple of minutes after like 20 minutes into the movie and just, you know, vibe, um, experience it. <laughs> They're so bad. They're stoked. It's really funny though. It's, so it's like stunningly bad. <laughs> especially I, uh, with a movie that's about like theoretical or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like it ruins so much of it. I whatever. started this movie with the English dub <laughs> and, uh, it. it sure was awful. <laughs> oh, God, um, it's so funny. I actually kind of liked it. Nice. I had a good time. Um, I hate you so much. <laughs> I, it did not make me hungry, but those people in it sure are very hungry. Um, it made me, it challenged me on what this bracket means and what this bracket is. And you know what? Wow. I respect that. I succeeded. I respect that. I succeeded. Um, I, yeah, I actually, I, I really liked it. Um, it's pretty fun. Nice. This is like, I don't care what happens from here on out. That's a win for me, guys. I got <laughs> Alex to like w. a horror thriller esque like movie. I like, like horror, I, think, I like horror thriller movies. Silence of the Lambs is a fantastic. He just doesn't movie. Like I love it very much. Horror movies. I just right, I don't like right, to. Right, right. I don't like gore very much. Um, mm. So I I tried to ignore the gore in this one. Now be specific um, when you say that because you do like a form of gore in the Verbinski kind. So just be careful what you say. I shout hey guys, out to our uh, you know? uh, audience, dear audience. Uh, Mouse Hunt is, I believe, free on HBO Max. So <laughs> if you're looking for something to watch and you have HBO Max, please watch Gordon Verbinski's classic. Watch it Mouse almost Hunt, got included. And then watch episode one of our animal protagonist bracket. <laughs> Um, <laughs> as we descend into literal insanity about that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I liked it. Nice. Wow. Wow. Cool. That just, yeah. uh, just such a weight lifted from my, from my shoulders. I'm so that, glad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just really, you know, as, as much as this, this podcast is about us, you know, breaking down and like finding really interesting comparisons to wacky things. I also like show my friends movies and I like, I literally, I bring up coherence cause I literally showed someone that like last night and the conversations that stem for that was like, so it's just so fun. And like, I felt like this movie was kind of a part of that. Um, you know what I watched yesterday? Do you guys watch the Jonas brothers roast on Netflix? Oh. <laughs> I didn't No, but did it, it make okay. you hungry? It's uh did they roast there was any food in it. Um oh. it oh roast. Nice. Good joke. Good joke. Thanks. I saw yeah. uh yeah, Nick Jonas's big spicy nipples. Wow. Oh. Anyway, Ooh. um <laughs> moving on from that. Matthew, uh, I do have a question for you. Go for it. How much of yourself do you see in, in Jiro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fantastic question, Jake! Wow, is really this, getting to the heart of it right away. Is Jake gonna interview yeah. me? Is that what this is turning yeah. into? Well, His own I really documentary. Think that, I, I think that these two movies. I think uh, you know you, you've you've seen and have really interesting thoughts. But uh, I, I, there's one line in particular that makes me think it's you. But then when I thought about it hard, more hardcore, I'm like, hmm. Here's the thing. I feel like Matt relates very well. And uh, Matt very much respects people who are masters in their craft. Right. Mm -hmm. Like us. And yeah, masters of podcasting. <laughs> uh, the Tough Cup Boys who missed an episode last week. Well, uh, 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 behind <laughs> the curtain. Behind <laughs> the curtain. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do think there's some truth in that. I think I, I have an extraordinary appreciation for that level of passion about something. Um when I say I think that Jiro's passion for sushi making as an art form is palpable watching this, um, I absolutely mean that. Like, I think it is inspiring to to get the chance to see the lengths he was willing to go to for it, um, mm. especially in, in relation to, as Jake mentioned, how this is framed, because the movie tries really hard to not take a side of whether or not Jiro made the right choice over the course of his lifetime to like sacrifice time with his family and like the expectations he sets on his oldest son, for example, if those were the right thing to do, because, you know, 
the in reality, the answer is kind of a yes, kind of a no. So I, I do think the 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 desire to reach height, like the heights of mastery um, is, is something mm-hmm. I certainly relate to. Um, that's a really fascinating thing to pick up on. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll say my joke and then I'll go into my real thing. I, 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 there was one line where it was like he was talking about retirement. I mean, he talked about it a lot, but mm-hmm. he was like, if I look too hideous to be here, I will retire. <laughs> and my immediate note was, okay, Matthew. <laughs> That's so good. Um, but, but genuinely, it's so interesting you use the word like inspiring because I don't, I didn't necessarily feel inspired by, by Jiro, but I felt so like I admired him. I, I thought it, he showcased art, just blatantly art in a really beautiful way. Um, I think my issue with Jiro with um, kind of in comparison with the platform and I'm chalking it up to the ending with Jiro, even though it's not like it's kind of, I wanted it overall. I just wished with that, they would have talked more about his mistakes and shown some of them more. They, they crafted him as this perfectionist and only tiptoed about his like mistakes with like parenting. He was just like, yeah, I wasn't a good father moving on. Um, or like, yeah, um, I really loved the line where they visited his parents' grave. And then all of a sudden he's like, I don't know why I came here. My parents didn't take care of me. And then moved on. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, man. I guess it's a possibility that he didn't make as many mistakes. But like that can't be true. And it's so interesting because I don't necessarily agree with Jiro like a lot of the times when it came to certain things about like family and like working hard. And a lot of it could also be Western tradition versus um, you know, whatever. And that's also very interesting to me. At the same time with the platform, um, and again, I'm chalking this up to like ending. So like it's gonna be kind of not like the perfect comparison, but like yeah. the ending is very sloppy with all of a sudden it gets into like a religious allegory. And I'm just <laughs> like, why did why did we get here? It kind of like bothered me that it got to like the child is the one and then he was beat up and looked like Jesus bloody. Like it was very on the nose at the end. I'm like, man, you provided like such an interesting and this happens a lot with these kind of social commentary movies. They don't know how to end it because, like, you. How do you answer the question that you're posing if it's like a very vague question? I just wish it. It just got so sloppy, and it makes me so upset because I'm like, come on, you know, you had such a good premise. Why didn't you? Ex- why didn't you at least leave it open ended? But with Jira, I'm like, why didn't you explore more of the open endedness of like his perfectionism? Her his perfectionism. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's my vague kind of feelings about both these movies. Anyone can chime in. Well, I think the movie Jiro Dreams of Sushi does a lot in kind of talking about the effects of his per- perfectionism. They talk about it with all the vendors. Uh, they ask his children, like their experiences learning and like what they think of where they've ended up and where they're going. So I don't think they necessarily try to create an open-ended narrative about his perfectionism Mm. i think it kind of comes through the conversations that they have with everyone you know like Mm. i don't think they were trying to slant it one way or the other right and i think the ambiguity of it comes from the ambiguity of the way people talked about it right it almost seemed like a fear though like what did it not like it seemed like there was not like a fear i don't know like to me, it's, it seemed more like uh, respect, like they respect mm, Jiro, and so they don't wish to speak ill of line, him in that same way. The line. Like the only person who really, I guess, questioned it at all was the what was he? He was a reviewer or a book writer or a uh, food critic. The, the yeah, food, food critic. Yes, yeah. um, he's the only one who I think ever kind of criticized Jiro's parenting, like outright. Which is his job. Yeah. I, I also I think. Keying into what Jake mentioned earlier, this kind of coming at it from a Western perspective, I think is a big piece of that. Yeah, um, absolutely. When you're considering, you know, relative status of people like his children, especially his oldest son, who is, you know, directly under his tutelage in trying to, you know, attain the same heights of mastery in sushi making. He's probably not going to insult his father's parenting, um, whereas the food critic who is on, you know, more comparable status, it is literally his job to critique Jiro. Jiro's food, but I guess also by extension Jiro, um, that makes that a little bit more, a little bit easier. I do think it's really interesting. Go ahead. Um, if I could hop in. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting from like a a critic's perspective. If, if you love the food, he loves the food, but he's a critic. What do you have left to criticize the person? 
And like, that's like, fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's wild. Um, so on a, on a similar issue, well, the, the other thing I wanted okay, to go for it, go for it. Yes, jump please, in and please, respond please. to we is you bring up the platform and it's ending. And I right, think yeah. that that is one of the, the things um, I kind of least like about the movie. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I understand that it, it's, re- you know, as you said, it's really, really hard um, to end a commentary of that sort because, you you know, you it's difficult to answer the societal question or norm that you're trying to tackle. And I think that the religious allegory it sort of starts to get into gets really messy, especially because they were already kind of setting up a really nice, uh, a really nice allegory um, with our main character and um, his eventual platform level mate, uh, Baharat nice. and um, Don Quixote. Uh, yeah, exactly. They essentially yeah, yeah. become the knight and the squire going on their journey. And then instead we kind of throw that to the wind and introduce like a yeah. second level of metaphor to it. And I just think that gets so messy and it's just so poorly executed that it's one of the things that sours my feelings on the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I, it's just a, a decision I just don't fully understand. So I'm with you. And I was actually gonna, I'm, I'm glad you like followed and brought up. Cause that was kind of where I was going next. Cause I, I loved it when it was just him and the old man, like, and I, the old man acted his ass off. I thought he was phenomenal the, in this. The scene of the so old guy good. dancing on the empty platform is yeah. would be such an incredible gif. Like I just, I just I, think I, he's I, so good in this. <laughs> like he made me like him and hate him so much. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I thought he was phenomenal in it. But okay, so I'm realizing more and more, and that's why I love doing this with y'all. But like the reason why I bo- like both of these is that they both made me like question a lot of things. Mm. Uh, and I think that's like their commonality. I think that's where they thrive or it's like, especially I think for Western audiences, uh, it poses a lot more questions for us. Uh, things that might not feel as uh, obvious, uh, wink to the platform. That's his word. That's the old man's word. Obviously. Obviously. Um, Mm. and so so do you guys i'm just gonna like ask these questions because i have no one else to talk about these things with if that's all right unless you have someone else but like uh do do we do we agree with the old man tying up the young man and his rationale are we are are we in full agreement or do you think that i mean like if you if you were in that scenario i don't know so i think that that's a really tough question because I think I think centrally one of the themes this movie tries to discuss is kind of like a humanity versus human nature piece of it. Like we are when pushed to the brink, we become inherently self-interested, whereas hu- when humans decide to enter into civilized society, we are in theory making certain agreements with each other. As example, mm. you know, we could ration we could introduce order and ration the food down the platform. But because of that self-interested na- like human nature, um, we don't. I thought it was great, the interviewer lady as well. I, I did like her her bit as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I, I will give semi-credit, because again, I, I agree the ending is, is a mess, but I do think this kind of film and the kind of film it is does a good job of keeping things interesting with the old man and then going to someone on the inside mm-hmm. um, and all that. Like, I do think that is a, they were doing so well in and trying to keep it interesting. With like, it. I, mean, I, I think there's like, for example, there's such an incredible detail of, you know, she works for the company. She mentions there's 200 levels. They wake up on floor 202 and she kills herself. Cause it's like, yeah. she realizes her understanding she has no idea. is it's so far beyond mm-hmm. anything she knows. I think, is like mm-hmm. a, but that you know. she did it in a way to still try to help him, which is still like sure. Well, mm-hmm. in theory, in theory, you know, she could have very well. Yeah, we we you know we don't know that for sure. Yeah. That is just the 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 creature of the old man inside the his head, You know, right. pu- like pushing him forward of like you know this is why she did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting too to think about Jake. Your question with like uh, was the old man justified thinking about people on the same level are equal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you have so much more in common with the people directly above you and directly below you than the people all the way at the top or all the way at the bottom, right? And that's society, man. What's up with that? (laughs) 
<laughs> Something um, parallel yeah. networking. That's what this movie is all about. That's you what it's about, <laughs> man. Um, another quick thing I just want to call out, and um, yeah. because I, I I think it's it's interesting because it's in, incredibly intentionally done throughout the movie, um, and I don't know if they turn this the entire way to like meaningfully make something out of it. But the film has a propensity for explicitly mentioning race. Um, Mm -hmm. They do it several times um, when people are Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, like whatever immigrant of, you know, such skin color. They break down Um, to racism so quick. Yeah. And I think that that's it's clearly intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, You can obviously apply it to like an overarching critique on capital on capitalism and that there is like this intrinsic association of certain races to classes um, that, you know, the system provides, at least as it's currently set up. But I just, you know, I think that that's something that the the movie sets up and then just chooses to not execute on as well as I would have liked. And it's it's hard. It's really rough. I think there's just a lot of missed opportunities in the platform that Mm -hmm. that have it fall a little bit short of what I would of what I wish it could be. Um, right. And like the missed opportunities, at least in my perspective for like Jiro dreams of sushi, like it's still a good document and like platform is still good too, mm-hmm. but I think it's more, you can forgive the documentary a little bit more for what it's trying to do. And I think it still works. Whereas the platform, I think it's really interesting. I love talking about it, but does it work in the very end? Like, does yeah. it, does it work? Like, does it, there's also this interesting piece of scope. I think that comes into that where, the platform is making really grandiose. I don't necessarily I get claims. They make claims about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, normative statements about the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that is like a really high minded thing to do. That's really tough where Jiro's story in theory, you know, some of the problems you can kind of hand wave a little bit of like, this is about Jiro's sushi making. Um, so mm-hmm. it has the opportunity that you can provide um, as much as the the documentary casts a more broad light on like supply chain and sushi as an industry. You know, they could they you can use the defense that it is in some senses about Jiro making sushi. Um, so, you know, why do we need to address some of these other things? And I just think that's an interesting um, piece. Sure. I think though, Jiro Dreams of Sushi does a really good job of bringing up those issues without letting them kind of take a large taking up a lot of space within the the documentary. Like they bring them up because it's relevant to Jiro making sushi, but it mm-hmm. does not take a whole 20 minutes, you know, to talk about like, Oh, there's no fish. It yeah. like it talks about the tuna and then they right. bring it up because it's relevant to talking about the quality of the tuna. Yeah, you it know? ties back into the the. It's the a really strong documentary, um, like just from a documentary film na- making like aspect. It's, it's really strong. well done. Yeah, um, I'm gonna ask one more fun question. <laughs> okay, uh, because I know that was a lot of substance, and like I appreciate <laughs> the, 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 uh, you guys for like talking <laughs> about like genuinely. I I love this shit. Also, I appreciate you, audience, for those who really like that shit. I know it's very. You know, we do do it sometimes where we really get into the sometimes we have some philosophy. intelligent things to say. And sometimes <laughs> we have a conversation like on the other side of this bracket where we basically were like, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my question is, and, and I really want to ask you when I saw one man do this in the platform, you know how they're going down and you get to see all the items people bring. Mm-hmm. Oh, Y'all no. see that one man brought a surfboard? <laughs> <laughs> yes, hell yeah, hell yeah. What's he doing with that in there? What's he doing with that in there? There's no surfing. So my question is, what's your one item? So I think to answer that, there's this piece of um, how much are applicants given when they decide to bring an item? You know? Yeah. How much do they know? Because a lot of people felt like they knew. Yeah. They. <laughs> Yeah, they they make this comment that, oh, all these people brought knives and asked for guns or whatever, asked for weapons, basically. And it's like, well, why? You know, do they have some added knowledge of what is going on inside of this? Well, they do mention prison? it's very interesting because this is also where the plot kind of falls apart. If you think too much about it, like <laughs> they did say 
that people get out. Like people, mm-hmm. people can get out. People have. I mean, sure. So they they signed a waiver. They got out. So it's like okay. I'm assuming the people who go in knew someone who got out, or there's the internet exists. Someone posted about like they they were. It, it's probably not too hard. Hey guys, to find this out. is my live playthrough of the platform. <laughs> oh man, guys, Streaming we just ended Twitch. up on floor 137. That is so fucked, guys. So All you right. guys would get podcast equipment. That would be your. <laughs> <product>. <laughs> Um, so the part of me that is full-time podcaster, side hustle, uh, middle management. Um, yeah, I bring my <laughs> podcast equipment, always grinding. Um, but the part of me that is Matthew. Um, <laughs> I hated that. Um, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. I bring my cell phone because I'm not a big dummy and I could just order Uber Eats. Uh, yeah, or what if I brought a lifetime supply of something? You know how you can win those in a contest? What if I brought a lifetime supply of Lay's chips? Ooh, a lifetime supply of instant ramen. Or lifetime you can just you nibble on the ramen. The ramen. Oh, you could just nibble it. it. You just nibble it. A lifetime supply of free cards to get out of the platform. Hmm. Curious. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> curious. Jake, what about you? What you bring? I'd bring my friends and make them suffer. You can tie one up each month. Just kidding. I'm bringing Linda Cardellini, guys. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's really messed up. Do you think that the yeah, dog um, had to sign a waiver? Br- you can bring a living thing because she brought a dog. Oh, God, do you think you could bring someone without their... That's awful. <laughs> Can you imagine being someone just getting kidnapped and, like, dragged into the platform? I'm like, sorry, Jake Jake wanted you here. <laughs> You're his thing. <laughs> Ew. Oh, I hate that. Although I will say this movie, this movie did make me want to try human flesh. It All right. tastes like pork. Apparently, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to vote now and end this conversation. Um, the what one? Yeah, I, the the one last little thing I want to leave. The one thing about human flesh that no one tells you. No, no, no. You can read plenty of interviews. Um, the the one little thing I want to call out before before we vote. Um, yeah, I don't have answers for it. I don't know if anyone does, but just something to stew on or think on. I think that there is there's a handful of scenes dedicated stew? to this. But the it's a food, um, the panna cotta, and mm. they have s- several scenes dedicated to it wasn't perfect, so they have to remake it. And there's the you know that's where you get the cooking scenes, um, right. and whatever the panna cotta becomes the message. Mm-hmm. I don't understand fully. Me neither. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's so frustrating because like i want to it, and i want it to mean something it's the same, like there's there, these scenes of them cooking and perfecting the panna cotta are so intentionally placed and then not evolved on they instead go we feed the panna cotta to child <laughs> child eats panna cotta there's probably some kind child of deep like religious thing or yeah, story we're missing and like how oh, I, la, uh, and last thing last thing I, I'm, I know i just said that but actual last thing that child, I know I'm sure everyone has heard this joke before, but it's I need to talk about it. That child 100% died, right? Like getting launched into the ceiling if there was even actually a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I was going to say. bloody splatter of a person smashed into the roof of the kitchen. There's no way there is a real child, yeah, I'm, right? I'm pretty sure there was not. I'm pretty, they're like, what would the child have been eating, you know? That child was, and way down there alone? It was alone. Maybe the child first, uh, like an entire year straight, the reason uh, Miharu never ran into the child is the child was repeatedly getting placed on floor one. <laughs> and then the child gets placed on three through three. And, and oh, I, I haven't eaten in so long. Oh, fucking asshole, kid. <laughs> okay. Um, guess the child was an asshole. The child <laughs> the name sucks. of this out episode. Fuck that child. Um, the child was an asshole. Guess ready to vote? Yeah. Sure, you go first. I am voting for Jiro Dreams of Sushi. I am also going to go with Jiro Dreams of Sushi. That makes this another unanimous vote because I was going to vote for Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Hell yeah. Um, I will say, like, if you're into that social commentary thing, watch the platform. It's really fun to talk about with friends, too. Like, it's it's a fun one. It is really cool. It's I think I like it more as like my genre more fun stuff. to watch with friends than alone yeah. in your house when you're hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would enjoy that. It, but, it is uh, a it is a good movie. It is an interesting movie, but you know, bracket baby, bracket baby.
Bracket baby. A, we're gonna make a t-shirt who, that who says is the that. bracket baby. That's our, <laughs> our new mascot. To boss baby. <laughs> bracket baby. Oh, is it like the the king cake baby? Yep. Feel that haunted king Ooh. cake baby. With that. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. It'll still be Hanukkah. This is so perfect because it'll still be Hanukkah when this episode drops. That's the beauty of Hanukkah. Coming at you next week. um, We've got a semifinal that will be Ratatouille versus Chef and Jiro Dreams of Sushi versus Good Burger. Uh, That'll be a lot of fun. Um, So... Stay tuned. I'm pretty open about those. Yeah, I'm pretty open about all those. Yeah. Honestly, join us yeah. um, for those ones. And hey, our uh, we're going to try and get a little bit ahead with recordings because of the holidays. So send us your honorable mentions this week. Um, so that we have them for our recording. The finale. Oh, upcoming. that does remind me. I got DM'd an honorable mention as I soon saw. as we announced like what <laughs> we, we announced wow. our, and they're like nah guys you fucked up you didn't include this right away they needed to tell us if it's if it's not um, the one that i th- i mean someone i think i think yeah, it is yeah, I okay think cool is. cool cool um yeah if you enjoyed the show follow us on all your favorite pla- podcasting platforms rate and review the show um does it help us i don't know man i don't know how algorithms work <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's certainly fun to see those numbers go up uh, yeah, we haven't gotten a review in a while, guys. It's the holiday spirit. Give these three nice Jewish boys a gift. Yeah, and that gift money for me. But these two guys want reviews. Full time <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> um, and uh, beyond that, uh, if you I don't know, share this episode with someone who has makes you hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>